right, folks. Welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to talk about a Denver Nuggets win as the Nuggets defeat the San Antonio Spurs. Final score of that one, 132-120. to A really fun game last night, a really enjoyable game last night, and uh, the Jokic versus Wemby experience, I, I'm not lying about the title. It was insane. It was legitimately amazing. And you never know what you're going to get when you face the 15th seed in the in the Western Conference or 15th seed in, in any division, basically. And like The Spurs are one of the worst teams in the league. But this was a very, very fun time. And I really, really enjoyed myself. It was nice to get back into Ball Arena. Denver had been on a five-game road trip. and. Uh, it, it was not a good road trip. So nice to see them play well in their own building. Uh, I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn. Make sure to like and subscribe to the YouTube video if you're watching here. If you're listening on the audio side of things, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. That would be fantastic. It helps us out tremendously here. And I I continue to try to put out the best possible content that I can on this platform. So make sure to help out if possible. It's we try to put this out for free. Like that's that's the ultimate goal with this podcast. And uh, I am very happy with the results so far. So thank you so much for tuning in. All right, let's talk about the Nuggets. Let's talk about the game last night. Let's talk about Victor Wembanyama, who was very very fascinating and. Only played 25 minutes, really didn't even crack 25. Uh, Greg Popovich, I so on this uh, YouTube channel, the Mile High Sports YouTube channel, Swipa and I, in a previous video, we ranked the top seven coaches, and I ranked Michael Malone as the second best coach in the NBA and ranked Greg Popovich as the eighth best coach in the NBA. And after watching tonight, I'm, I'm, or last night, I'm, I'm not, super, like, not super off base with that, I don't think. Some of the decisions that the Spurs make in general, especially with handling Wemby, are odd. I thought that he was playing great. I thought that this was a great experience to show off for the rest of the league, kind of the present versus the future of the NBA. And Wemby was the most effective player on the Spurs by far, uh, outside of maybe Devin Vassell, who's coming off the bench for some reason. So I'm still trying to figure out, I know that they're in a different stage of their development, for sure, and they're just trying to find guys that can play as opposed to building it around Wemby and building a contender around Wemby. Like, they are not doing that yet, but it still feels odd, in my opinion, the way that they have handled this. And, I mean, look, they'll probably be great in the next couple of years, and they're, they're going to take the long view on it, but I, I wasn't really impressed with the way that the rotations and the uh, minutes were kind of doled out. It was very odd. But... I did love when Jokic and Wemby matched up. That's for sure. Obviously, Wemby starting at the four. He's seven foot four, seven foot five or so, and it was a little bit different than like having him guard Jokic the entire time. Though he did spend some time guarding Jokic, and those moments I think were really, really interesting, really, really fun, and I think actually yielded some positive results for the Spurs, not just like Jokic scoring buckets. Um. Addressing this comment here, I will be talking about the Murray stuff in the third segment. So stick around, 
hang out. We're going to talk about the Spurs. We're going to talk about the Nuggets and, and just what's happening there. I will be talking about Jamal Murray later in the show. I promise. I promise. Um, and no, I was, just, I was very, very impressed with Wemby. Very, very impressed with the way that he played and all the pressure that he consistently deals with where uh, Denver, they didn't have the best setup, I don't think, to really guard him. Like, Jokic isn't going to protect the rim a ton. And Michael Porter was the one who was actually defending him most of the night when he was in the starting lineup. And then off the bench, Denver had DeAndre Jordan guarding Victor Webinyama. That was also an adventure in and of itself. But Denver got switched out on a lot when uh, they had to run straight up pick and rolls and defend pick and rolls. And Wemby was generating mismatches. And they threw the ball up to him at the rim and with Reggie Jackson on his back. And it didn't really matter because like, he just he just does crazy things. And he finds ways to catch the ball around the rim in ways that have never been done before, frankly. Like the way that he is catching, the angles that he's catching the ball, and the athleticism that he has in order to get the ball up and over the rim is very, very interesting. And I, I just think Webby's going to be awesome. Second year in the league, third year in the league, he might be an all-NBA candidate as early as then. Uh, he's not quite there yet now. Like He still struggles with his efficiency at times, still struggles with his decision-making at times. But as, as they continue to put better players around him, he's going to look amazing. Um, I mentioned the... DeAndre Jordan minutes, Denver did change their rotation. Uh, they changed their rotation last night, and I thought that it worked out pretty well. Obviously, Aaron Gordon sat, and that kind of changes things. Uh, Michael Malone talked about it postgame, and he he mentioned this kind of in passing that I don't think was really put out there, that Gordon would have been the backup center in those minutes, in a lot of those minutes. Um. DeAndre Jordan was the backup center last night and did a great job. Like I, I honestly, I was very, very impressed with the way that he played. It is not the toughest matchup for him. I do not want to just prop up DeAndre Jordan for the sake of propping him up, but he played 12 minutes and was a plus two and he grabbed six rebounds and was three of three from the field. That is what you need. And yes, he had a couple fouls that he probably shouldn't have had. Yes, he had a turnover on a, a screening foul, I think, but in general, like Jordan played well and he ran the DHO game. He helped Denver get into the sets that they needed to get into. He set up Michael Porter Jr. Well, who was staggering with the second unit. And I thought that Denver just ran good offense. Like Julian Strother also ran good offense. Uh, Christian Brown, though he didn't finish that well, had four assists and zero turnovers, played pretty decent basketball. Those guys played well off the second unit with DeAndre Jordan in the middle. And Zeke Nagy only played one minute. There was definitely something there. Look, I'm, I'm going to, I'll address this a little bit more in the second segment. I want to get back to Jokic versus Wemby first. But I do think that there is something there. Uh, not just necessarily about DeAndre Jordan specifically, but just a bigger body. Somebody who can be a veteran in the middle of the floor, knows like more consistently what they're doing, and then is a presence that the other team has to account for. That is really the important part. But Jokic and Wemby going back and forth against each other. Jokic had a fantastic game. Uh, let me just read Wemby's stat line first here. This is something that's never really been done before since David Robinson, uh, which is ironic. 
25 minutes, 22 points, 11 rebounds, 2 assists. Okay, fine, whatever. 6 steals, 4 blocks. 6 steals and 4 blocks is insane. Uh, That is 10 stocks. 10. And the number of times that 10 stocks has actually been achieved in a game has to be very, very low. Like, I'm just going to... Actually, no, I'm not I'm not gonna do the research now. I should have done this before, but the number of like times that a player has accounted for five steals and five blocks, or four steals and six blocks, or six steals and four blocks, whatever the number is, to get up to ten is wild. <laughs> like that is that is insane. And he picked off Jokic's passes, and Jokic was like he he said that he was surprised by how long and like like how much of a wingspan Wemby had there were some passes that Jokic made last night that he just would never have made or that that he always makes and then couldn't make last night or chose to make and then had the ball picked off because Wemby's arms were so long and that was very interesting to me that was Jokic kind of takes a little bit of time to feel out different passes and different plays when he's going up against a new player and this is one where he was definitely surprised by how athletic and how long and how uh, like just crazy of an athlete as a pterodactyl that Victor Wembanyama was. And seeing those guys go back and forth was really cool. Jokic got Wemby a couple times in the post. Uh, he got him on the floater a couple times. And, and then Wemby also did some crazy things against Joker, hit a pull-up three against him early in the game. Uh Got those pickoff passes and blocked his shot a couple times. There were some really good plays. And and just, it was to me a nice showing of the present versus the future of the NBA. That is how I would address this. I would I would say that Jokic is the best player in the world. And I'd say that Wembenyama is the best prospect in the world. And to see those guys go up against each other, it was like really fun. Just Just an awesome experience with how unique those guys are and how dynamic those guys are and they're going to change the game and Jokic said it last night he's going to change the game 100% he said that the media circus that follows Wemby probably not good for him but that he's he's handling it pretty well and just that he was really really impressed with what he saw and that's awesome that is that is pretty good to see so I agree Nadine I definitely agree Jokic shot really well considering it was against Wemby uh, yeah, I mean, Wemby's one of the best rim protectors and shot blockers in the league. And now Jokic was still able to get his floater up and over the top of him. He was still able to make some of the important shots. And Jokic didn't even attempt a three. He's kind of gone away from the three a little bit in the games that matter. And I, I think that that's an interesting dynamic, considering that there's a lot of times, especially with Denver spacing, that he might want to pop out to the three-point line. But when you have Porter starting in place of Aaron Gordon, which is another thing that we should probably talk about, Porter started in place of Aaron Gordon at the four, and then Justin Holiday started for Denver. Uh, Justin Holiday played great. I, I don't care what the actual three-point percentage was. He helped get Denver off to a good start and was really executing defensive schemes well, especially at the top of the floor with KCP. I thought that their defense looked really, really good, and when Denver got back into a set defense, after making a shot, they played pretty well. And there were some runs that they went on, especially in the second and third quarter, that I think Justin Holiday really contributed to. So good stuff from him. 
good stuff from Michael Porter, good stuff from uh, KCP, and good stuff from Reggie Jackson. This was a really, really good win all the way around and absolutely deserves a lot of credit after the way that the Nuggets finished that road trip off. So hopefully Denver kind of turned a corner here. We will see what happens and what that continues to look like. But let's take a break. When we come back, I I will talk a little bit more about Michael Porter's game, and but I'm also going to talk about Peyton Watson and and some of the young guys and how they they look a little bit better at home versus on the road and why that kind of is. We will be right back, but first, uh, let's talk about SuperBook Sports. Did you know that you can refer a friend and earn a fifty dollar bonus this season with SuperBook? All you got to do is bet with them and to use their refer a friend bonus. They're the most trusted name in sports wagering, and you do not want to miss that bonus because it's free money. All you need to do is click on the Refer a Friend link under your profile in the Superbook app and share the promo code with friends, and you will get a $50 bonus for everyone who registers using your code. Every single person. So win money wagering and win money referring with Superbook Sports this season. Visit Superbook.com. Four terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. and roll ryan blackburn here thank you so much everybody for tuning in appreciate all the love and support on the podcast thank you so much for tuning into the show all right let's talk about michael porter and then we'll talk about peyton watson uh i think that those are probably the two guys that haven't spoken up enough about yet but they definitely deserve that time i did the rotation chart last night and if you look pretty closely Four minutes, six minutes. Okay, so about 10 minutes of time out of Michael Porter Jr.'s uh, 30 minutes, he played small forward. The other 20 minutes, he played power forward. And there were some good, and honestly, like you could definitely argue that he is the power forward in lineups with Peyton Watson. I have decided for all intents and purposes this year that because Michael Porter kind of spaces a little bit more in those lineups, he definitely roams around on the perimeter a little bit more. I think that I'm considering him the three and Peyton Watson the four in those minutes just for simplification purposes, but you could argue the other way too. Porter played the four for most of this game and he looked great. He looked really, really good. Uh, Spaced the floor and Denver spaced the floor extremely well. Porter had 25 points on eight of 14 from the field, four of nine from three, five of six from the line. I guess I should go over Jokic's numbers too. 39, 11, 9, 17 of 29 from the field, 5 of 5 from the field, or from the free throw line. And Jokic was a plus 14. Porter was a plus 15, and he also staggered. Like, he was one of the main stagger guys with the second unit tonight, or last night, and played great. 25 points, 7 rebounds, only 2 assists, but like his, his role within that lineup is not to... It's just not to pass. Like, it just isn't. And I know a lot of people give him crap for not being as much of a passer. I do think that he needs to continue to 
look for guys and, and look for those opportunities. And he does like it, it doesn't usually yield a ton of opportunities, but I do think that he looks for the pass more often than people think that he does, especially nationally. And Porter played great, like had a block, faced off against Wemby uh, a fair amount. And Wemby was seven of 17 and had three turnovers himself. He did play pretty well, and that there were definitely some times where he was switched out onto smaller guys and, and made those guys look dumb. And it was pretty funny watching Wemby stand next to Michael Porter Jr., who's six foot ten, maybe six eleven, and make Michael Porter look small was very, very impressive. I, I was not expecting that for sure, but it, it was really cool. And and to see the way Michael Porter kind of has turned around a little bit. His shot is completely back. He is completely in rhythm right now, and he's taking the step back threes. He's taking, like, he had a really nice kind of uh, drive to the rim and, and the layup and, and one around Wemby in uh, the third quarter, I want to say. It was either the third or the fourth. But, like, he just looks so much more comfortable offensively, and he looks more comfortable in space. He looks more comfortable when there is room to roam. And, it makes me like so Aaron Gordon and Jokic and Porter like those three are, a, are have always been a great combination they are still a great combination especially for specific circumstances i don't want to say that they can't be a great combination anymore but i am seeing the benefits of playing Porter more consistently at the 4 playing Gordon more consistently at the four with other wing-sized and guard-sized players around them, and then Denver going smaller rather than playing the super-sized lineup that they have. There are so many more opportunities throughout the game, in my opinion, for Porter and Gordon to each play the four and to stagger their minutes a lot more consistently. Uh, just because they're each three and a halfs in a lot of ways. Actually, no. Gordon is a traditional four now. Like, he just is. That's that's how it is. Porter is a three and a half. He is a guy who is an offensive three, who is a guy who can do a little bit of ball handling, but doesn't really, but is mostly a floor spacer out to the perimeter. And, like, it's great, but you can also play that kind of player at the four and get great spacing, too. So, and especially when he's six foot ten, he can still defend fours, and his best defensive position is probably the four anyway so you might as well take advantage of your skill set and, and I think that Denver should be trying to get to those lineups a little bit more consistently if they can uh, and I think Porter plus Peyton Watson is a combination that makes sense because Watson is another three and a half like he isn't an offensive three he's a offensive four but he is a defensive three because he can defend one through five basically or, or at least one through four and Playing those two together makes a lot of sense to me because Porter's your offensive guy, Watson's your defensive guy, you have him do all the energy stuff, and you have Porter do the scoring. That's that's what I would do if I were Michael Malone. Um, and I think that Denver can get to those lineups a little bit more consistently going forward. I, I think that that's something that they can try to do. Uh, and if Watson is going to play like he did at home, like in this last game, you're going to want to get to that. <laughs> you're going to want to space the floor for a player like him and allow him to do his work defensively. Let's talk about Peyton. A pretty hard on Peyton. I've been I've been pretty uh down on his contributions, especially over the road trip. 
he did not have a good trip. And there were too many times in general where he just looked like he was not playing hard. And when you don't play hard and you kind of lack, not skill, I don't want to say, but polish. He's not a polished player. And polish comes with time. Polish comes with reps and experience and time that Denver can't afford to give Peyton Watson right now if they just want to win games. So how do you make up for that? Well, you play hard. You play physical. You play dynamically. You try. And you bust your ass going for every defensive contest. You try to make the opposing team's life hell. And you don't just float. And there were too many times where Peyton Watson was floating out there for Denver during the road trip. And there was a distinct visceral difference in watching him and being like just having eyes on him and looking at him a lot closely and saying, okay, this dude is contesting everything. He had two blocks. He had a steal. One of the blocks that he had was at the three-point line contesting a left corner three. And that was just pure hustle, pure athleticism. That's how I would describe it. And he did great. Like That's exactly what you want to see from a guy like Peyton Watson. And then the only two baskets that he had, he had a floater over the top of Victor Wembanyama, which was an impressive shot. But he also had a dunk at the beginning of the third of the fourth quarter, where the lane opened up for him because he was being aggressive and he was driving to the rim. And the lane opened up and he dunked it and he got to show off the athleticism, then the bounce a little bit. And that's what you want to see. Like he did settle for a couple threes, did settle for a couple possessions where okay, kind of a weird pull up two here or there, kind of a a weird earlier clock three uh, than, than he probably should have taken. But to me, Watson at this point is one of those guys that if you get him playing hard and you get him playing downhill, then he is absolutely going to, uh, he is absolutely going to be a dynamic player in the league. There's no doubt in my mind that he can do that, but it has to come from within him. It can't like, he has to build that into his like natural makeup. It can't just be something that he calls upon every now and then because he is not like a good enough shooter and a good enough passer and a good enough creator in order to just not do that other stuff. Like part of the allure of Peyton Watson is that he's like Herb Jones. Like that's the kind of player that he should be playing like. That's the kind of player that he's been talking about himself as. Mikael Bridges. Herb Jones, Jaden McDaniels, guys like that. What do all those guys have in common, especially as role players in the NBA? They play hard as hell. And they're really athletic, and they're really long, and they do everything to contest every shot. And that's what Piwot has to do. Like, it's early in the season still. He's got to figure some things out, but I do think that that's going to be something that he does more consistently than not. He's still 21. And I have to keep reminding myself that, like, I'm about to turn 27 in a few days. Like, I I understand my strengths and weaknesses very well. Uh, Peyton Watson is still trying to figure that out. And he's still trying to learn. He's still trying to grow into what his role is going to be in the NBA. So I can totally sympathize with that. But Denver also has an obligation to win as many games as possible. So they need to push him. They need to push him hard. And if he responds well, then he'll play. If he doesn't, then he won't. So we will see. 
Uh, <laughs> it's actually, it's not my birthday quite yet. It's in, a, it's in a few days. I guess you can count this as my birthday week because it's on Sunday of this upcoming week. So uh, happy birthday week, Ryan. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate it. Um, 42 Ultra asks, do you think missing Jamal is making it harder or easier for Malone to play young guys over veterans? There's more room in the roster, but the Jamal stagger seemed like it was working better than this. Absolutely. Yeah, no, there's definitely, there is definitely some residual impact. And I actually, I posted about this last night from, and I actually asked Michael Malone this exact question. So let me see if I can pull up some of the quotes here just to give you a, a better uh, context here. Um, this is a direct quote from Michael Malone pregame. I thought Katie's question after the game in Houston was also a really important one because with no Jamal, there's an impact. So now you're having guys, Reggie starting, CB has been our backup, our de facto backup point guard, and you're kind of playing a bunch of young guys together at one time, which can always, it's not always easy because they're just young. So yeah, I would say the second unit struggles have been tied to not having Jamal. But that's not an excuse because injuries happen. So I have to help those guys, and those guys have to help themselves just be better. Um, and then skip that a little bit. So hopefully Jamal gets back soon. But even when he's not playing, we just have to do a better job of figuring out the non-Nicola minutes. Michael Malone understands this. He he's I know people like to like impart their own wisdom on on what a coach is supposed to do and, and how they're supposed to impact things and how they're supposed to uh, discuss things. I think that is very, um, it's very clear that Denver's been impacted without Jamal. And it's like him just being a veteran on the floor, which is not something we really think about. Like he and I are the same age, so he's about to turn 27 as well. I think with as much experience as he has and as little experience as everybody else has, it is very clear that they have been missing out on that and somebody that they can just trust to get good offense and good defense going in a lot of ways. It's why DeAndre Jordan playing was great. <laughs> like DeAndre was great. And, and his ability to, to kind of direct traffic a little bit as that DHO guy was very, very impressive. Zeke Najee played about one minute and he played it at the backup four next to Nikola Jokic, and they were going to try to play him and have him guard Wemby. That didn't ultimately work out because Wemby went out about 10 to 15 seconds later. But I, I, did, I did like the theory of the practice. But then Najee never came back into the game, and they just had DeAndre play. And him being able to direct traffic, be that veteran of, on the floor that Jamal was, I think was a really, really important thing. Julian Strother played better. Christian Brown played better. Peyton Watson played better. And then Michael Porter was the other starter that they rotated in with that group a lot. Uh, they basically had, uh, technically, I have it listed as Reggie Jackson uh, in the second half or in the in the second quarter. And then the fourth quarter, they didn't even play Reggie. They played no point guard. They had Strother, Brown, Watson, and Porter all on the floor with DeAndre Jordan. And they could do that because... One, they were playing hard, but two, they were just running DHO around DeAndre the entire time, and they ran some good actions, ran some good offense, and it was nice to see. So, look, I think that Denver, they can 
be successful off the bench. And with Jamal out there, they will be more successful. But they've got to play hard. That is the most important thing. It cannot be... like, And there are reasonable excuses for this. They're on the back end of a road trip, and, and their effort clearly waned as the road trip went on. And it's just unfortunate that, like, there are just things that they are not going to be able to do. But I think that this was a good start. This was at least a good reminder that they can do it. And Peyton Watson can do it. Christian Brown has been good. Julian Strother had a good game. Let me just read off his numbers here real quick for you. Uh, Julian Strother, 10 points on 4 of 8 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, 4 assists, 3 steals. All 3 of those steals came in the first half, and he was a plus 7 in this game. Uh, Plus 7, he led the bench plus minus. So his ability to kind of fit in and do the things that they're asking him to do, it clearly has helped too. So Denver's got guys that can help. It's just about getting them all playing more consistently better at the same time. And that's the trick with young guys is they're not consistent at all. So they've got a lot to figure out, but it's going to be okay. They will will be fine. All right, let's take one more break. When we come back, we are going to chat about Jamal. We're going to chat about that injury and and the injury update that we just received from Sham Sharania. And then we are going to chat about the uh, Clippers game tonight. That should be very fun as well. But first, a message from Good Morning Broncos. Pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, 42 Ultra says, look at the injury report if you want to see why the Clippers are favored tonight. All right, I will oblige. Let us look at the injury report for tonight. Jamal Murray out. He's still out. That We'll talk about that in just a sec. Um, Nicole Jokic is questionable. Aaron Gordon is out. Hunter Tyson is questionable with illness. Peyton Watson is probable with illness. Uh, okay, so there's a sickness that is currently going through the Nuggets locker room. Sort of your your initial winter flu is what I would probably call it. Maybe it's COVID, who knows. Uh, but Aaron Gordon's out. He's your Kawhi Leonard defender. Flacco Chanter's already out. Okay, so there is a strong possibility that the Nuggets punt on this game. There is. <laughs> that is not great. Uh, Dr. Van Ostrand, you are absolutely right. Uh, 42 Notra Ultra says, back-to-back on the road, resting guys before Jamal comes back for the Rockets. I can absolutely see all those things happening. I was talking about that at the arena last night. There is a very strong possibility that Jokic doesn't play. He may not have even traveled with the team. <laughs> that is also a very strong possibility, too. And they'll list him as questionable, but we'll, we'll see what ultimately happens. Um, I would not be surprised if Denver's just like, okay, Reggie, you play against your former team. Mike, you play well against the Clippers most of the time. We'll play you. KCP, we need a defender out there. We'll see what happens there. Um, and then Justin Holiday, he's another guy that you can throw into the mix as a defender. So, look, it is going to be tough. Uh, but imagine if Joker doesn't play and Murray doesn't play. All right, so who's going to start at the five? It might be Zeke. Uh, and then they'll leave DeAndre with the second unit. But it also might be DeAndre and... Uh, look, that this is going to be a very interesting one 
regardless because Denver, they very rarely lose to the Clippers. They've won like what feels like a million in a row against the Clippers, despite the fact that those games have become more and more competitive over the course of these past couple of years. Like there've definitely been the occasional stinkers from from the Clippers, but in general, they they really do compete against Denver. They want to get a win against the Nuggets. So it it is also kind of funny that if you sit Jokic and Murray, Clippers can't feel any better about their ability to beat the the, the Nuggets. Like they'll say, yeah, hey, we beat the Nuggets, but did they really? Did they actually really do it? So that's at least something psychological to think about for tonight's game. Um, I, I'm not expecting Denver to win this one. I think the six-point favorites uh, that Dr. Van Ostrand put out there, yeah, that is very fair. And that seems like a very realistic number. And it wouldn't surprise me if that number changes very rapidly over the course of these next couple hours as Nikola Jokic whether he feels like he's questionable or probable, or if he ultimately is deemed out. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if that number drops to like 10, nine and a half, 10, somewhere around there. And that seems like a pretty fair response if, if the MVP of the league is out. So we will see what ultimately happens, but we should talk about this Jamal Murray report that just was put out there by Sham Sharania. He basically said, and I've heard this too, obviously, uh, that Jamal Murray's ramping up and he is trying to come back and the Nuggets are are going to see if he's ready to come back against the Houston Rockets on Wednesday. Uh, interesting that that is the choice game. They may not actually bring him back against the Rockets on Wednesday, but they could also bring him back on the Saturday or the Friday matchup against the Suns, which is a national game and would be nice if he is healthy and ready to go to face Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns. That would be a, a very important one. But suddenly now, like Houston is a team that because of the way that they've played and because of what they've done against Denver so far, wouldn't surprise me if Denver's like, you know what? We need to actually beat the Houston Rockets now. <laughs> Denver's 11 and 6 at this point. The Rockets are 8 and 6. Why have the Rockets played three fewer games than Denver? Has any team played more games than the Nuggets so far? Let's see. No. No. Uh, the Chicago Bulls have. They've played 18. Denver's played 17. No other team has played more than 17 games. Um, yeah. that's like Denver's had a tough schedule. They've had a brutal schedule, and, and Jamal Murray has missed this early portion, or at least half of this early portion. And they have needed him. They, it would be very clear that uh, they, they could use Jamal Murray against the Rockets because them being able to go back to the Jokic-Murray pick-and-roll against a team that they've been really struggling to score against would be really, really helpful. Now, expecting Murray to be himself immediately and expecting him to play 35 minutes immediately, probably not a good call, especially coming off of a hamstring injury. They're going to ease him back into this thing. They probably play him under 30 minutes pretty consistently for the next week or so if he came back. And then if they really need to win a game, then they'll play him a little bit more. But I can absolutely see them trying to turn this around and say, you know what, let's try to get him back as soon as we can. Let's try to get him back and see what actually happens. Um, I... 
think that Denver could really use him, obviously. Like, it's it's very clear that they could use him. But just the ramifications of, of bringing back in, him into the lineup. Like, let's assume that Aaron Gordon's injury is not a long-term thing. Let's just assume that he's back on, on Wednesday as well, which I think is a good assumption. Uh, then you get your full starters, and you get to start really playing with that bench a little bit and say, okay, let's see if Porter is the guy that makes sense with that bench. You can have Reggie out there. You can have Justin Holiday out there, Christian Brown, Michael Porter, DeAndre Jordan, Zeke Naji. Maybe that's matchup based. Uh, maybe it's a little bit more matchup based than uh, than in this this particular one was. Um, but yeah, I think you should play Justin Holiday. I think they they're gonna struggle to find ways to play Julian Strother and Peyton Watson. They might not stagger at all. They might decide, you know what? It is too early in the season to cut the rotation down to 10 or down to 9. Let's cut it to 10 and let's play uh, Reggie Jackson, Julian Strother, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, and or actually, well, I just cut out Justin Holiday immediately. So it is going to be really tough. Like Denver's got some optionality here. And maybe they just play Justin Holiday on the road games and Peyton Watson on the home games. Maybe that's that's a good solution here because you know you're going to get a, a better, more impactful Peyton Watson, a young player who is just trying to feed off the energy and, and feed off the crowd a little bit. Like he can absolutely do that. Justin Holiday will travel a little bit better. He's a veteran. He understands how to do this. And maybe that makes sense. So I'm curious. I'm curious what they're going to do. I'm not sure what that rotation is ultimately going to look like, but if Jamal does come back against the Rockets, then Denver should be like they should be a pretty solid favorite there. If he comes back against the Suns on Friday, man, that's going to be a fun game. I don't know if you guys have seen what Devin Booker's been doing lately. He just hit a big time shot against the the Nixon Madison Square Garden. Uh, Booker's averaging like nine assists per game, and is a fantastic point guard for them. He's currently in his nine games in which the Suns have won, I think, eight of them. Uh, 29.4 points, 8.9 assists, 49.7% from the field, 43.5% from three, 92% from the line. Booker has been tremendous. He has been amazing. And I, I feel very good about where I put him on my top 10 list or top 100, like he was seven for me. And he is so good. I think in general that Jamal Murray continues to rise to those moments as well, especially when he's facing off against Booker, he's facing off against Fox, he's facing off against Hero, facing off against some of these other uh, Kentucky guards. Shea is another one. Um, like He plays well in those situations and, and matches up well in those situations. And that would be the first. So the Celtics and the Bucks played each other on, I want to say Friday or one of those, those days last week. And that was an important game. Maybe it was Wednesday. It was, it was one of those days. This would be the next important game of the calendar for the NBA. To see Denver play on December 1st in Phoenix on national TV on a Friday night uh, between like the way the KD's playing, the way the Booker's playing, the way that the Suns are playing now. like They, they are 
just as good as Denver in the regular season at this point. And that'll be a fun matchup. That's one that I'm looking forward to. So, like, the Suns have won seven in a row. They're really good. And Nuggets fans have to understand that this this could be a nice measuring stick game for both teams. And I think that Jamal would like to come back for that one. I think he was always going to try to come back for that one, but now he really wants to. And I think the Nuggets need him. I think they really do. So, should be interesting to see. Um, yeah, I, I also agree with this from 42 Ultra. I don't think that Jamal's first game should be against the Suns. I think it should be against the Rockets versus Wednesday. Or the next home game after that. That That's a good comment, and I think that, that makes sense. Because that is such a competitive environment. And asking Jamal to not play 35 minutes in that one would be pretty tough. So we will see if he gets back. I think he's going to want to try to get back against Houston. And if he does get back against Houston, then they are going to be in a pretty good place. So we will see. But should be very fun. All right, folks. That is, I think, going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. Uh, thank you to everybody hanging out here today. Good game tonight against the Clippers. We will see if Denver actually plays their guys or not. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see whether Jokic actually plays in that one, but this last one was fun. Jokic versus Wemby. That is the present versus the future of the NBA. And we will see if Jamal Murray gets to come back here relatively soon. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into the show. Really appreciate all the love and support. Please hit that like button, that subscribe button down below. Uh, it really helps out grow the channel. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you guys very soon.